What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi. You are listening to episode number 45, and uh, a special episode it is because I finally, finally, fucking finally got everything right here, folks. Um, the last microphone that I had, it was all right. It sounded better. It got rid of some of the outside noise, but it, obviously it couldn't handle the power. That's what that popping sound was. So uh, I went from not caring about uh, the sound to uh, now I, I want to get this thing perfect. So I have this jacked up microphone, the studio quality microphone. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully the problem is officially solved. Uh, special episode 45 today is January 6th, Friday. Uh, I have another announcement about the, the podcast. I am going to um, do everything in my power to get these out on every Thursday. Instead of Wednesdays, I'm going to be changing the podcast to Thursdays um, for the new year. Like clockwork, uh, it works out for me. My son goes to daycare on Thursday. I have time to do it. I'm focused for you people. I even got some fucking headphones on now. Uh, the sound um, quality is just insanely better. And uh, here we go. So uh, 45 is a turning uh, turning point. And um, I hope you guys hear the difference, like the difference. I could yell, it's not going to pop. I could go, ah, fuck off, you stupid, and nothing's going to... I don't know why me yelling automatically goes to cursing, but that's usually the way that it works. But uh, as you could tell, uh, the microphone that I'm on now uh, can handle it. And uh, you don't hear that stupid buzzing and all that shit. So I'm back. Um, and there will be no more problems from here on out. Um, so here we go. What's, and, and, and I gotta tell you, I, I went in, I went into Best Buy, okay, to figure this, there was a couple different microphones I could get for this damn thing, and I, uh, I got an original one, and I was like, man, nah, this ain't the one, so I, I went to Best Buy, I was talking to the people about it, you know, and I saw some really weird shit today. Okay, I saw a lady in there, right? I'm not even making this up. This is crazy. This shit happened today, so I got to talk about it. It's fresh in my mind, and uh, I even jotted it down that I had to talk about this. There's a lady who is online at Best Buy, like online to talk to the Geek Squad or whatever, you know, whatever those people are. And the lady is has one of those canes that turns into a, a chair. Or a seat. So I don't know if you ever saw these things, but like she walks on it and it's got like a, like on the bottom a tripod or like four points on the bottom, you know, that she could just walk on. But it also has like a circle in the middle of it so she could like unfold it and sit on it. So I look over and I see this lady sitting on her cane online while everybody else is standing. And she has like a gas mask on. It was the, I'd never seen some shit, she had a fucking gas mask, like, you know, like, the two things on the side, like, the two, you know, like, the two, I don't know what they are, but, like, the two circular cylinder things on the side, and then she had the thing over her mouth, like, it looked like she was about to throw tear gas, or, I don't know, or, or she was expecting tear gas to be thrown in there, and she's, like, she's, like, looking around, she's, like, coughing and sneezing but this wasn't like you know the way like the asian people wear like the painting masks or like the operation masks and shit like she had a fucking gas mask on <laughs> like i'm looking around and it's funny because everybody else on the line 
I swear to God, is standing near her. And I'm like, I'm like, she's to my right. I'm, I'm probably like 15 feet or more away from her acting like I'm looking at batteries or something or, or just looking at something else because it was weird, man. It's like this lady sitting on her cane online. First of all, she's sitting down. So I'm like, oh, this lady's got to be disabled. So then she starts doing weird stuff, putting weird shit and like napkins and shit into a Ziploc bag. And I'm like, this bitch is contagious. Some shit's going on. Like, this is fucked up, man. I'm not going near this chick. So I'm sitting there. I mean, I'm standing there and I'm watching her sit there doing all these weird things. And then finally she just rips the fuck the mask off and she like puts it into her backpack. She had a backpack on. And she's real friendly and she's talking to this lady in front of her. And you could tell the lady in front of her was just trying to be nice. Wanted nothing to do with the conversation. Like totally just smiling and she could like, like, oh yeah, you know, my niece got that. My niece really likes that. But I have a Mac, you know, I have a MacBook and um, with the MacBooks. It's amazing. Like they're so small and, you know, they get so much information. And the lady's just like smiling at her. The lady's sitting there like trying not to be rude. And I'm looking around and I'm smirking now because I'm just like, I'm reading this lady's mind. And this lady is just thinking, please, can I just, can they call my name up to the line so I could ask my question and get the fuck out of here? So then she gets called, and all of a sudden I know I'm next, because she's like, she's right next to me now. So I start looking at things, like I start fake looking like over the counters. I'm like, yeah, look at those TVs, those are, those are pretty, Be like mumbling to myself like I had a plan so she wouldn't look. And then there's a lady next to me, another lady. And the other lady doesn't realize what's about to happen if she opens her mouth. And she opens her mouth, so they start talking. And then the lady sitting down, the weird lady, turns around. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. She had a fucking eye patch on her left eye. So I think she only had like one eye. I didn't know what was going on. Really nice, really friendly, you know, but just fucking, it was just the weirdest thing. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, only a comedian would, would be de- like see this and like be standing next to this because when I say it, I know people are like, there's no way that this shit is real. And I, you had to see it. It was like some like military pirate lady sitting on a, it was just the weirdest thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, I got my, I got the, the, the new microphone that I needed and uh, it's awesome as you can hear. So, uh, that's, that was, that was what was going on today. And, um, I wanted to make it clear to the Verzi effectors out there, the Verzi, uh, podcast listeners that, um, make a note, make a note. This shit is going to get better. I'm going to get some bigger, uh, bigger guests coming on the show. And every Thursday by Thursday night, it should be on iTunes and Podbean. Okay. Um, so I got some other things going on here. That uh, I'm going to talk about to you guys. Um, and by the way, thanks for the nice compliments and comments that I got. I got a bunch of things from you guys about the the New Year's Eve uh, podcast that I did. Um, even though I didn't realize the microphone was too weak, which is funny. I hear no sound, and all of a sudden I hear the popping afterwards. And I'm like, I should have fucking listened to this. <laughs> um, but... I have decided, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think, because I got like 15 pounds to lose. I've always had 15 pounds to lose. I always keep like the same weight. You know, I'm like, I'm five foot eight. you know, handsome, I like strolls on the beach. No, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm five foot eight, 
I should probably be around like 165, 170, but my doctor said for my, you know, I'm, I play I play sports, like I try to be athletic and stuff like my, you know, my muscle tone wouldn't really, like if I looked, if I was 165 pounds, I would look like a, like a 16-year-old girl, so I probably need to be at like 175, and uh, you know, right now I'm like around 190, but um, you know, I'm doing better. I'm actually all right. Fuck it. To make a long story short, I think I'm gonna go do Weight Watchers. All right. I'm I'm beating around the bush here because I'm afraid. I feel like such a jerk saying it, but you know what, fuckers? If Charles Barkley could do it, so could I. I think I'm gonna go on Weight Watchers. I think I'm not sure yet. I always say that, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna have a salad tonight. All it's gonna take for me to not do this is have like two salads in the next couple of days, and I'll tell myself that I'm doing better than what I would be doing on Weight Watchers anyway. <laughs> So, I don't know what that means um, when I say I think I'm going to go on Weight Watchers. But here's the thing. My wife had the Weight Watchers book for free or some shit. She got the Weight Watchers like book. Like I got the diet for free. So, I could basically like look it up and I guess – and they're giving it for free on the internet now. So, I'm thinking about doing it because I heard I need a system, people. I need to know how many points I could have during a day, you know. If I want to eat like a like a sandwich in the afternoon, I got to know, okay, I just ate 20-something points. I got 40 points left for the day, so dinner's got to be like that, whatever. I think that's a better thing for me, structure, you know. But I definitely want to do some kind of diet because after I did lose, I did lose like maybe like five, five to eight pounds recently. I feel much better. I'm not drinking booze really a lot at all. I drink booze on, on very seldom occasions. Um, I cut out soda, I drink diet soda, maybe it's even more rare than I do booze, and I shouldn't say that, if I, I treat myself to a diet coke here and there, but I'm just trying to do, I, I, I want to, if I lose this 15 pounds, you know, cause that's what I'm trying to do, and I'm also gonna, you know, trying, you know, plus in my business, you know, I'm a comic, you know, getting some TV stuff, Hopefully that we're working on trying to get a little hair on top of my head, trying to get skinny, you know. So it's basically like the ideal man for one of these bitches on Craigslist. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to do. So insulting that back in the day somebody was telling, like, the women just write, like, you have to have hair. You know, I almost wanted to just show up and be like, well, yeah, what's up now, bitch? Talk to me for five minutes and I'll charm you. I don't give a shit if I'm bald. I'm fucking cooler than any asshole that ever came here with a full head of hair. Um, but I would never do that because that wouldn't make sense because I'm married and that's all. Could you imagine me trying to explain that to my wife, whom I've been fighting with like crazy, by the way? I'm not even going to lie. My wife and I, it's much better now, I guess, because she's sick. <laughs> but my wife and I have just been fucking fighting. And like, you know, some healthy, like fucking bad fighting. Um, and I don't even, she's not going to listen to my podcast because she doesn't really listen to my podcast. She's got enough shit to worry about. She's pregnant. We have a two and a half year old son and, um, but no, 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 just fight, you know, I guess normal fight and shit, but like, I, I, you know, stuff that, you know, had to be resolved, let's say. So anyway, could you imagine if I (laughs) had explained to my wife that I went on Craigslist to find one of these sexual ad things, like a woman saying that she wants a man, and I showed up to the woman's house because I wanted to prove to her 
that if I didn't have a full head of hair, I was still worthy of going. Like, I would break that down to my wife. I'd be like, okay, Stacy, this is what happened. I got pissed off at this ad. Well, how'd you see the fucking ad? Why are you looking at the ad? No, somebody told me. So I got pissed off that you got to have hair to do this. I got pissed off. It's like, what does that mean? You know, I don't have hair. I'm cool. Like, I'm charismatic. You know? So I'm going to go there and I'm going to shut this bitch up. You know, that wouldn't really fly fly well with my wife. But anyway, no. Um, I've been growing out my hair. And it's actually coming back. Slowly but surely, it's coming back. And it's just a nice change of pace to have something on my head. I was bald for so long, and now, like, I have, like, hair. Like, I'm using brushes, and uh, I'm getting more on top than I ever had before. It's it's kind of funny. So I think the combination of that and maybe going on Weight Watchers is evidence that I'm turning into a pussy. No, it's not that. I just I need to lose some weight. I just want to, because I like how I feel after losing the eight pounds or whatever, and I'm going to keep going. So uh, you can email me, you can bash me, you can make fun of me, but just remember, next time you see me, fuckers, you're going to be like, oh, that's why he did it, all right? So back off. No, but you know, hey, listen, I I think... It's scary, man. I'm hearing people in their 40s and 50s dropping dead. People out of shape, man. Fuck that. You know? I have a son. I got a daughter coming. I'm trying to play basketball with my son. I'm trying to play sports. You know, I'm 33 years old, man. I want to look good, feel good, all that shit. So that's what I'm doing. I can't believe I'm still justifying why I want to lose 15 pounds. You know what it is? Because it's like Weight Watchers. That's what it is. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to explain this or be insecure about it if I was like, yeah, I'm going to start eating better and really get my shit together. But I think the fact that I'm actually going on a system makes me feel like I'm, I'm like doing something that's kind of, you know, bitchy. If that makes any sort of sense whatsoever. Um, so that's that's uh, that was number one. And uh, oh, by the way, number number two. Um, which should have been number one. I apologize for this, but um, got some sad news about a comedian that I recently worked with, uh, Ron Schock. Um, I worked with Ron Schock at Vegas, uh, at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club in Las Vegas, um, right after my uh, Carnegie, uh, yeah, Carnegie gig, right before uh, I did Carnegie on my birthday, the 11th, and I went out to Vegas two days later. And I was there from like the 13th to the 20th. So yeah, yeah. So right before Thanksgiving, Ron Schock um, got diagnosed with cancer, and he got a, a very rare cancer, and he's in for the fight of his life right now. And he's, you know, going to to Houston Cancer Center to uh, to try to figure this out and see what they can do for him. So uh, thoughts and prayers to Ron Schock. Um, and you know, when I found out that like you know this was you know, a really serious condition and everything that he was doing, it was, um, it was kind of nuts because he took it upon himself after we left the TV station. He wanted to take me to coffee and talk to me. And he was telling me all these unbelievable stories that I've mentioned on the podcast about Rodney Dangerfield and Bill Hicks and Richard Pryor. And, um, you know, he told me that he was going to the doctor to check some stuff out, but I, I guess he thought, you know, he didn't have, you know, the, the bad news. And then, I, uh, you know, I find out a month later that he got some other news that it was bad. So, um, Ron Schock is truly one of the best storytellers in the history, in, in American, like, like he, they say he's the greatest American storyteller. He, he really might be. Um, 
like I said before, I walked into the showroom and I wanted to just hear him tell a story. And I thought 10 minutes went by and like almost 45 did. It was incredible. I've never really even been a part of something like that where like, like time lapsed. It was like, excuse me. It was like a time lapse. This guy just starts going into shit. And then before you know it, it sets almost over and he's been on stage for an hour. Um, and I've heard other comedians say that they've seen him do it too, where they thought they were watching him for five minutes and it was two hours. So thoughts and prayers with, uh, you know, Ron, he's, he started, he came up in the, in the, he's from Texas. He came up with Bill Hicks and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I wish him the, the very, very best, uh, him and his wife. Um, I was really saddened to hear that especially after I just worked with him so recently. And and do yourself a favor. Check out Ron's albums and his stories. You could get a bunch of stuff. He's actually doing something called Cancer Chronicles where he's actually doing a video diary of everything that's going on. So if you go to his Facebook page, you can see that too. Um, but truly funny, man. And the coolest thing was when I was on stage, um, he laughed. He was laughing hard. And he stayed in the showroom and he was laughing hard. And people said he never does that. And uh, his wife said he never knows who's opening for, he never knows the, the, the feature act's name, doesn't even watch him for a couple of minutes, and he knew your name, he said he wanted you to come over for dinner, and he just thought you were, you know, great, and had a good act, and this and that, and it was, it was truly humbling, so, um, I wish him the best. Ron Schock, America's greatest storyteller, which he is, holy shit, that guy could tell a story, and what's cool is he laughs like a little kid while he's telling you the story. So he'll just come out and he's got that like like accent too. So he'll just be in the middle of a story and he he starts laughing like uncontrollably and then goes back into the story. And you're like, holy shit, I love this guy. It's almost like an eight-year-old who's telling, trying to tell you something funny that happened at school, except he does it in such an unbelievable way. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that was the guy's in, in for a fight of his life. And he said, you know, I'm about to tell you this story. Uh, but I don't know how it ends. So he's basically telling the story online. Um, so uh, it's just fucked up, man. As you get older, you hear all these fucked up things. You know? People dying, people getting sick. You know, And I'm a hypochondriac, man. So like, you know, I mean, 33 is not old at all. But I mean, if I get a pain now, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is it. You know, <laughs> this isn't um, just a little... You know, you're 21. When you're 20, 21 years old, you could wake up with like a third leg, and you're like, "Ah, oh, it'll be gone tomorrow." It's just fucking. It's just part of you know. It's just part of what it is. I got a kink in my back. You know, you know. Now all of a sudden, you think something's in your back. You you worried about discs falling out and all kinds of shit hitting nerves. Um, you know. So I, I just hate hearing this shit. Um, all right, I'm rambling. I'm rambling here on episode 45 episode Michael Jordan after his prime what a sad thing that was seeing him in 45 uh on the Wizards speaking of the Wizards they better lose tonight to the Knicks I'll get into that with sports after um this episode I'm gonna do uh, from the fans from my fans segment and uh, I'm going to start doing this more this year where you guys email me anything you want to talk about, whether it's comedy, movies, sports, anything, your relationship, fucking being pissed off at the world, you know, anything. Uh, we'll talk about it. So I got a couple here. Um, let's see. 
I got to go back to him. This is a great question. This guy nails it every time. This guy nails it every time. I, I'm going to start calling him the Montreal assassin. <laughs> Themistocles Alexis. Themistocles Alexis. I nailed it again. He's the Montreal assassin. Uh, I've done a bunch of questions that he's asked. And uh, by the way, um, I thank you so much, dude, for the offer at the restaurant. Uh, me and Matt Arise were actually going to come. We got in a cab. Swear to God. I wasn't even bullshit when I emailed you. I got in a cab. We were going. This guy that I'm about to read his questions um, offered when I was working. Uh, we were performing in, at the Comedy Works in Montreal. He offered us to go to his restaurant, and we were excited to do it. But when we didn't realize time, we had time restraints, and we didn't realize how, how much further it was. Um, we should have done it earlier in the day. But uh, we appreciate it, and we'll definitely, I'm definitely going to do that when I come out there. But... Um, he asks two things. Hack is a term very loosely thrown around. What is hacky to you? How do you feel about getting bumped and or has it happened to you before? Two excellent questions. I swear to God, the Montreal Assassin sounds like a comedian himself. Um, if you don't like me calling you the Montreal Assassin, you can... Uh, <laughs> you can. I'm on this assassin kick. I call... Uh, you know, Eli Manning, the quiet assassin, because um, he's ballsy and he makes big throws. But, um, all right. Hack is basically just, you know, I mean, it's one thing you don't want to be called. I mean, the two things you don't want to be called as a comedian, you don't want to be called a hack, you don't want to be called a thief. I would say thief first, because that's just taking people's creative shit. And um, it's just such a bad, bad thing to do. Um you know, I said on this podcast one time, I, I was like six months into comedy and I blanked out on stage and I did this. I, I just, I was watching the comedy's dirtiest dozen. And uh, I'm going to get to the question in a second. I know I'm off track here. Um, but no, I was, you know, I was watching comedy's dirtiest dozen. Chris Rock was on there and he did a joke and I was like not even a year in and I was like I had no more material after six minutes and I was like crowd staring at me and I blanked and I did one of Chris Rock's jokes and I just got off stage and I I still to this day 11 years later I'm just like I can't believe I did that because I just blanked out and didn't know and my wife gets mad at me because I'll still like every once in a while if I get down about things I'll go can you fucking believe I can't even believe and she's like you didn't even know what you were doing like you weren't even a comedian like but just the fact that I blanked out and and did that um I still will fucking just kill myself to this day um so anyway uh, yeah, that, that's a tough one, man. I, I don't, uh, that's the worst to, to steal anything from anybody, but then you have hack next, you know? Um, and I'll tell Chris Rock when I bump into him, I'll be like, dude, I was six months in and I know what I was doing. And I just fucking, I blanked out. And the first thing that popped in my mind, so I didn't just fucking melt down on stage was one of your bits and he'll probably laugh about it. I hope, but, uh, it's something that, you know, it, it's, it's just, you can't do it. You cannot in this business. I mean, that's why, you know, people saying Carlos Mency is, uh, you know, on YouTube saying he'll, I'll jack your shit. I don't care. I'll come up with a funnier way to do it. Or I'll just take your jokes. And it's like, you can't, I mean, that's just so ridiculous. To just embrace doing that. But then the next worst thing after that is what this question is, is, is hacky. Um, being a hack means that you just do shit that's been done. Being a hack means easy premise. You know, it's a very easy premise to, you know, 
for example, um, something hacky would be like, I guess some surprise jokes that younger comics would have. Like, um, perfect example of something hacky would be, uh, so she wants to fucking, you know, she wants, she keeps trying to grab my dick. She keeps trying to grab my dick. And I'm like, leave me alone, but she keeps trying to grab my dick. And, and I'm like, what the hell? Why is it? And I'm finally, I'm just like, listen, listen, Aunt Susan, can you stop, you know, and it's like this misdirection. It's just silly. You know, it's like, yeah, you get a laugh because it's your aunt trying to grab your dick or some people would say, oh, mom or, or my grandmother or something. It's just, you know, stuff like that. Um, it, it's just hacky shit to do. And it's something that, you know, you really, you really aren't going to get ahead doing it. And it's, it's silly. Is the laugh really worth it? You know, um, it, it's just dumb. Uh, what else is, is hacky? Um, you know, hacky would be just, you know, if you're constantly talking about like easy sex stuff, if you're constantly just, you know, easy premises, things, you know, if you're talking about the fucking sham wow still, or if you're talking about snuggies still, you know, like it's like one of those things like infomercial stuff. Like that's just all, you know, 20 Mexicans jumping out of a smart car. You know, Puerto Ricans have a lot of kids. It's just, it's just, that's hacky. You know, there's no work in that. There's nothing creative. There's no kind of, you know, wow, that guy's thinking. You know, you want to really, that's why, like, to be not hacky um, is they can't take away your real life. They can't take away what you know, what your what your your heart and soul is on stage. They can't take that away. They can never steal that because that's you. If I'm on stage talking about my son or a, or a moment me and my wife had, whether it was good or whether it was a big fight or, or stuff going on in my personal life. You can't steal that because it's my life. It's my shit. And then I got to try to find the funny in that. That's what creative, that's what comedy is. That's what that's what the great comedians do as opposed to just, uh, you know, you know, Puerto Ricans have a ton of kids and everybody just laughs and it's stupid stuff like that. Um, second part of your question, how do you feel about getting bumped and has it happened to you before? Um, it's definitely happened to me before. Um, for, with famous, really famous people. I got bumped for Bob Saget once. I think I told this story on the podcast. I was, um, I was at Stand Up New York. And I was about to go on stage. And somebody's like, yeah, Bob Saget's coming in here with Rebecca Romaine Stamos and, and John Stamos. And I got bumped for that. Um, and then I went on right after him and joked about it. Um, yeah, being bumped is something that, you know, it depends what you're being bumped for. If you're being bumped for a celebrity or if you're being bumped for somebody that, um, I saw something hilarious. Speaking of bumped, I was doing, I was a stand up New York the other night and I was doing a show and, uh, in walks in, uh, Louis CK walked in. And <laughs> the kid I was talking to was like, oh, is that Louis C.K.? And I go, yeah, I think so. And as a comic, you see all those guys all the time, and it's not guys that have been doing it forever. Yeah, you say, yeah, what's up? You know, so I had already gotten off stage. I wasn't thinking about how the other guy was thinking. I wasn't, like, on the same page. What the other guy was thinking was, is that Louis C.K.? Not holy shit, that's Louis C.K. He's one of my favorites. He goes, is that Louis C.K.? He goes, oh, I'm fucked. And I go, I go, why? Why are you fucked? And he goes, ah, oh, shit, I'm last on the lineup, which means he's going to go on, and then I got to follow him. Shit. 
And then I'm like, you know, I'm trying to comfort the guy. I'm like, man, just do what you could do. All you could do is do what you do. So the booker goes up to, to you know, Lewis and was like, all right, I'm just putting somebody up real quick and then you're going to go. So this guy still has to follow him. One of the funniest things I saw, I actually thought about this today and laughed out loud. After the kid had to realize that he just was following Louis C.K. When he just knew, okay, this is what's happening tonight. There's nothing I could do. There's a crowd here. I have to do it. He walks up to the bar, and I'm standing there waiting to finish the conversation with him. And he just goes, yeah, let me get a shot of tequila and a Corona. (laughs) And he just whips down a shot of fucking tequila. And he's drinking Corona, and he's just getting buzzed beforehand. (laughs) It was just like, it was just so funny. It was, I don't even know. It was, it was like, and I said, dude, all you could do is do what you do. And I get it. You know, I get how it feels. But those guys are also testing out new material. You know, and guys like Chris Rock or Louis C.K. and, you know, Seinfeld and those guys, when they walk into a comedy club, they're not really going to do their tried and, you know, their, their tried and true shit. They're going to, they're going to, you know, go up there. Like he had a notepad. He was just looking at, okay, if I do this, uh, all right. So I thought about this real quick. So it's kind of just like an open mic for him. Um, but it was just really funny to see another comedian just go, all right, if I'm doing it, fuck it, I'm drinking. Um, but if you get bumped for that, to answer your question, if you get bumped for that, it's, um, you know, it, it's it's what it is. It's the business. Hopefully you earn yourself that later on in your career. You know, I'm hoping that, you know, in the future I could walk into a club and they'll be like, all right, you know, come on, you, you, you want to work on some stuff? And then the younger comics will respect that. And I feel like that's just kind of the way the food chain of, of, of comedy. Um, if I got bumped now, there's another side to this question though. That's why I like the question from the Montreal assassin. Um, if I got bumped for a bullshit reason, if I got bumped because somebody wanted to give their friend more time, or if I got bumped because, you know, somebody was being a dick and didn't get off stage and like a couple of comics were being disrespectful and they weren't um, getting off stage after doing their proper time, that would really bother me. I'd be like, this is bullshit. So I guess to answer the question, it depends on the situation. If it's a normal bump and you know, or, or somebody extra came in. And then there's sometimes where the booker or owner goes, hey, listen, man, it's totally up to you. But, you know, Joe... You know, Joe Smith over here just walked in and he'd like to get five minutes. If you don't want him to, that's totally cool, too. He's totally cool with it either way. You know, where I'm not a dick, I'll be like, yeah, put put Joe on stage for five minutes and that's fine. You know, I'll wait my, uh, you know, I'll wait another, you know, I'll wait or or if it cuts into my time, it cuts into my time. If that, you know, so that's that's how that works. Um, excellent questions and uh, keep them coming for sure. Uh, and now we will move into sports because... Um, it actually goes into other questions that I had. Chris Bassett, I believe from New York, living in Dallas now, um, who saw me drunk off my face or starting to get drunk off my face. Actually, I wasn't drunk off my face when I was talking to him. I was drunk off my face at the Dallas airport that night, which I told you guys about. I just staggered into an airport and got on a plane and slept the whole time. It was epic. Um, <laughs> I don't know how the hell I got to New York. I think I just left a jacket. I just lost a jacket or a hoodie. Um, he says, what about the 86 Mets? That's so funny. The 86, I'll tell you something about the 86 Mets. I'm a Yankee fan. 
all my listeners know that I'm a Yankee fan. But I did. Excuse me, gotta move the move the new mic here for a second. I did start watching baseball in '86, and I didn't even know there were two teams really. Like I was just watching them win, and like I was excited watching this team have this unbelievable run. I really didn't understand baseball. I think I was in the second grade. I was born in '78, so I was um, yeah, so I was eight years old, and I didn't really know what was going on. And then my mom was like, "I'm taking you to your first baseball game, and we're going to Yankee Stadium." And then I went there, and I saw the green grass and Don Mattingly, and then that was it. So the '86 Mets was actually. In a way, I kind of owe the Mets, kind of even knowing what baseball was. Because, you know, I knew what baseball was at eight years old, but I didn't know, like, who I was going to root for. I didn't know history of anything, you know. And then once I found out, oh, my grandfathers were big-time Yankee fans and and all that stuff. Um, But as far as TV and knowing what winning was, I was introduced to that because of the 86 Mets. Isn't it ironic that now I shit on the same Mets team for being so bad and having a history of not winning and having my team, the New York Yankees, beat them in 2000? And pretty much almost all the times that they've played an interleague play. Um, so, and it's funny. <laughs> Somebody mentioned uh, Greg Jeffries. I was thinking about old play. You know who I like? I like Jesse Barfield on the Yankees and Mel Hall. Mel Hall was my favorite player because of that weird batting stance. And his number 27. And I think he's in jail now for rape. So I got that one wrong. <laughs> I was definitely wrong about Mel Hall. Um, speaking of sports, it is a very, very big weekend for the New York Giants against the Falcons. I like the Giants to win the game. I'm going to come right out and say that. I think the Giants have the pass rush that is healthy enough now to disrupt the offense of the Falcons. And I think if our defensive backs can just play an average Maybe a little better than average, but an average, you know, a decent game in the secondary and our defensive front can be all over, what's his name, Matty Ice over there in Atlanta. I think the Giants got a good shot to win. I I think them being three-point favorites is a perfect number, and I think they will win the game. I, I... what I don't like is all this people talking about, all oh, the 07 Giants, this could be another Super Bowl run. Way too early for that. You can't talk like that right now, you know. I've been killing the Jets. People are going, why do you keep talking about the Jets? Why are you killing the Jets? You want to know why I'm killing the Jets? I'm killing the Jets, and I keep putting comments on about the Jets on my Facebook and, and texting my friends and getting all over them because somebody needs to pay the consequences for fat mouth talking. That's why. You can't say that. You know That's what I don't understand about shit like this. You can't fucking sit there and say... Yeah, we're going to go to the Super Bowl. We're going to win. I don't care who we play. And all of a sudden lose and go, oh, we don't care. You know, we still think we're a better team. And we'll, we'll suit up right now and play him again. It's like, what does that mean? I don't understand. This fat guy keeps saying, yeah, we'll play him again right now if we had to. Of course you would take a do-over. You lost, dick. That doesn't make any sense to me. So all this talking, we're going to win this. We're better. We're nobody's little brother. And then they lose and the guy's still talking. It's just so stupid. It's so stupid. And it's so ridiculous, and you can't just let that go. You don't get a pass for talking like that, you know. You just you can't get a pass for talking like that. You got it. You got to suffer. Everybody should be all over the Jets. This should stop. This shit needs to stop. Ownership needs to say, dude, you need to either win a Super Bowl, or if you don't win a Super Bowl, just shut up and show some respect and play football. 
instead of this talking, talking, talking thing. This is his whole M.O. That's what he does. So I'm going to keep talking. Until Fat Boy shuts up, I'm going to keep shutting down Jet fans. And then they keep going, why do you keep talking about the Jets if you're a Giants fan? It's not about the Giants. Why do you keep talking about the Jets? The Giants only won nine games. It's not about the Giants. None of this was ever about the Giants. Win or lose, it's not about the Giants. Eli Manning is a fucking gentleman. He keeps his mouth shut. Tom Coughlin is a gentleman. He keeps his mouth shut. The Giants football players, they talk like normal football players. Yeah, big game. We got to do this. We got to do that. Sometimes they'll say, oh, we think their defense is this. We think that. But they're not sitting there blabbing them. Oh, we're going to win. I guarantee we're going to Super Bowl. It's just stupid. And, 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 these, and these fans who know nothing except losing and loss since 1960. Well, half these people weren't even fucking alive last time the Jets won. And they're yapping their mouths. That's why. This is why. These are the reasons why I take shots at the Jets. Okay? And I do feel bad for some of the Jet fans that, that aren't really talking shit, that keep their mouth shut and want to see it. But if this is what your head coach is, if this is what the symbol of your team is, if this is what is out in front, you know, center stage to, to, to everybody that, you know, that looks at the Jets, this is what's representing the Jets. It's a fat, loudmouth coach talking shit who's not backing it up. And players are going to stop buying into it, like I keep saying, and so is ownership. Watch what happens. Get John Gruden in there to tell people, shut the fuck up until we win. That's it. That's the reason. So I hope anybody who's listening to this podcast who's, you know, said... I mean, how come Verzi keeps Verzi keeps coming on? Like, what 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 gives? What's the problem? What's the problem? That's the problem. You got to suffer the consequences. You need to be disciplined. That's what you need. You need to be punished. And I think every anti-Jets fan should do this. I think Jet fans should do this and go. I'm sick and tired of this guy talking. You know, he puts a target. He he puts a target on his team every week with his fat mouth, which is worse for the team and. He's hurting his young quarterback because the guy's only three years in and he's, you know, he's just his, la- his personality. He's not the guy for the job. He's a defensive coordinator that you could tell his mentality. That's what he is. He's not a head coach. He's a defensive coordinator. And you could say, oh, well, he went to two AFC championships and he fucking lost them both after beating Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. After that, you should be so high, you should go in there and you should beat fucking Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers and get your ass to a Super Bowl. But you didn't. You lost. So I don't give a fuck what they say. That's the problem. It's, it's that simple. You know, and it, it, it it's just, it's so stupid. And I just really want to see that. If that guy gets fired, I'll root for the Jets. If I don't hear the talking. I thought it was cute the first little bit. Hell, we'll do this. But now every time, we're not going to kiss their rings. Oh, we're nobody's little brother. Oh, we're the best team this. You know, with his big, huge teeth and his fucking gullet jiggling. It's re- embarrassing. It's embarrassing. So all those Jet fans that were like, oh, this is our year. Giants aren't going to do shit. Giants going to be 8-8 eight and eight and not make the playoffs. What, what, now I can't say anything to that? I got to just sit back and go, oh, they were wrong? No, that's not. If you're going to talk shit about sports, you do it the way that I, you do it the New York way. The New York way of talking shit about sports is you got to call people out when they're fucking wrong, period. Period. And I'll tell you something else. I, and I mean this. If Tom Coughlin was doing this, I'd be the first one posting shit on Twitter and Facebook. Oh man, I this is ridiculous. This is so stupid. I like it. It's it. But now, okay, I like that at the beginning. Now it's getting old. I like that the guy's fiery. But now it's getting old. And now, when is enough enough? Is this guy just gonna keep talking shit? We're gonna keep losing. That's what I would say. I'd be the first one to be your absolutely right if somebody gave the Giants shit. Yeah, you talked all that shit, and what happened? Nothing. That's the only reason. 
So for anybody going, oh, dude, you just keep going at the Jets, I, I have to. I have to because I heard. I can't forget. Listen, I'm Sicilian too. I don't forget shit. <laughs> I don't forget anything. You know, you you know, you, you go at me in a certain way, you talk shit, you start saying this, oh, this is a Jets town now, fuck the Giants, this and that, and you got a loudmouth coach, and you don't even make the playoffs after you guarantee a Super Bowl. Think about what the guy did. He guaranteed a Super Bowl win to the people, to the fans. They didn't make the playoffs. He didn't get a pass for that? I mean, he gets a pass for that? You can't. You can't get a pass for that. You need everything. The media should be all over it even more. You know, and then oh, what could he say? Oh, well, you know, I know I talk, but that's who I am. That's it. That's it. So can anybody take anything seriously? I, 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 could you ever take that guy seriously on his word about anything he gets passionate about? I don't think he can. So that's my problem with the Jets. That's why I've been all over the Jets. Don't talk shit. Keep your mouth shut until you win something. You haven't won since 1969. Okay, the Giants won in 07 if you want to bring the Giants into it. And I don't, it's not even about the Giants. The Giants could lose this week. They don't talk shit. You know, and, and, and I think the, the, you know, Bill Belichick. What is Bill Belichick? He's only the modern day Vince fucking Lombardi. Have you ever heard anything? The guy is so bad with interviews and media, he doesn't talk. They hate him because he won't say anything. All he does, what does he and Tom Brady do? They fucking, they uh, praise the other team. So that's why. So, sorry, Jet fans. Don't come at me at the beginning of the year and tell me Giants going to be garbage. Giants going to be 8-8, eight and eight, not even make the playoffs. The Jets are the team. This is the Jets year. I got a really good feeling. Of course you had a good feeling. You want to know why? Because your fat coach guaranteed you a Super Bowl. And now what? You're sitting home watching the Giants play the Falcons on Sunday. Aren't you pissed off? It's fucking stupid. It's silly. So, I'm sorry. If you think that that's going to happen and I'm not going to call you out on it, I'm sorry. You know, don't talk sports if you can't, if it's not going to be, you know, if it's not going to be the other way. Because if the Giants didn't make the playoffs, it would be, oh, the real New York team, this and that. And on top of it, when it comes to my team beating somebody else's team, I'm a dick. Okay, I like to, in 1997, when the New York Mets and the Yankees were playing in interleague play, and all those years, I still to this day remember being in a bar with f friends of mine who were Met fans going, go position by position, go position by position, who's better? We got so-and-so first, he's better than Tino, okay? They were trying to tell me that Edgardo Alfonso was the best player in New York at shortstop over Jeter. To this day, I like to remind those same Met fans, I, I like to remind them how wrong they are. It's just, I don't know. Maybe I'm a dick. Maybe I'm spiteful. Don't fucking go at me if you if you know you have to you have to suffer the consequences. That's it. Um, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I know it's fucking stupid, is what it is. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's childish, and it's awesome because it's football. And and the fact that I do have the team that I have to root for, the Giants, I could watch them go down and lose, or I could watch them win. And you know what? It's all gravy right now, baby. We won the division. We beat the Jets and the Cowboys to do it. We've won when we needed to win. Our quarterback is fantastic. Nothing short of spectacular. Um, and our defense is healthy. So whatever happens, happens. But I do pick uh, my NFL picks for the week are the Giants. I think the Giants are going to win. I think the Giants are going by like six points. 
Um, but I don't like the talk right now of like, oh, this could be another Super Bowl run, and this is definitely their game. I really hope they don't go into it that way because Atlanta's good. Um, or can be good, but I think if the Giants go in there like it is a Super Bowl and play with that intensity, I think they're the better team. Um, who else do I like? Uh, New Orleans, I mean, how do you beat New Orleans in New Orleans if you're Detroit? I like them. I like um, I like the Steelers over Denver. I think that that Tim Tebow uh, honeymoon has is, is come to a quick halt. And what else? Uh, who else is playing here? The Texans are playing the Cincinnati Bengals in Houston. Inexperienced um, Bengals team. First playoff game in Houston. I think they're going to be going nuts. I think the running game, Arian Foster, is going to be good. And I like the Texans. I don't have all the point spreads, so unfortunately I can't sit here and do the uh, against the spread. I do know I think the Saints are 10.5 or 10-point favorites. Um I I like the Saints to cover. Giants are three-point favorites. I like the Giants to cover. I think the Steelers are eight points. I don't know. That one could be tough. It all depends. You, like That's just the type of game you could look at Tim Tebow and know right away if uh, how it's going to go. But I, I don't think te- – I think teams figure Tebow out. Tebow can't pass in the NFL, period. Um, and uh, unacceptable for the week goes – uh, still into my sports segment, which is the New York Knicks losing to the Charlotte Bobcats. Um, just playing D when they want to play D. Uh, they're playing the Wizards tonight, who are the worst team in the NBA. The Knicks have to win. I know it's early right now. I know teams in the NBA need probably about, I don't know, 10 games, 15 games to really like find out who they are. Um, so I will give the Knicks a pass right now. They got a bunch of talent. They they don't really have a, a point guard. So I think, uh, you know, but they do need to start clicking and things need to start getting better. Um, so, wow, I still have more stuff, I think, here. 45 minutes in. So uh, next week I'm going to have a guest. Um, next week I am going to have either somebody who's in industry or actually, you know what I need to do? I need to get Chris Italia on here. Chris Italia is, um, my manager, the guy that I met out in LA and, um, really, really knowledgeable guy, man, about comedy and, and, and the industry. And, uh, I think it'd be important for comedians to hear Chris because Chris is one of the only people in industry that I've ever met that I could actually talk to like a comic and he gets it. And he just understands comedy really well. Um, and he's a really good dude. One of the best people I've met in comedy. I'm going to get Chris Italia on the show. I don't know when that's going to be. But he'll be on here soon. And I'm going to have some comedians on here. Um, as far as plugs, what do I got coming up? Um, holy shit, Monday. Monday I'm doing a Jewish, I'm doing a Jewish party. I'm hosting. I'm doing 15 minutes in front of like half Hasidic Jews and half, I guess, just, I guess, regular Jews. <laughs> I don't know how to say that, but uh, that should be pretty interesting. But that's a private thing. Um, I will be at Foxwoods Casino and Comedy Club with my buddy Doug Sinier on January 12th which I believe is next Thursday. Um, I'm looking here. Yes, next Thursday at 8 o'clock, me and Doug will be at Foxwoods Casino. So that's uh, that's a great venue. 
come out to that if you're in the area and um, lose money afterwards or lose money beforehand and then laugh to feel better. Okay, either way, you're going to lose money. Come to the show is my point uh, on uh, January 12th at Foxwoods. Um, after that, I have I have uh, some other things. What do I have in January that I could that I could plug here for you? Fine Verzi effectors. Um, I'll be at Stand Up New York on um, January the 18th. And in between that, I'm going to be running around working on some material. But, uh, yeah, I'll talk about that date next week. But uh, January 12th, I will be at Comics. I'm sorry, Comics at Foxwoods um, at the casino. So check that out. And uh, so we got through a lot today. I feel like... um, the new microphone and sound system. I just want to keep talking into this thing. This thing sounds so damn good. But I'm going to look into lose some weight. Um, please pl- uh, pray for Ron Shock and look him up on Facebook and give him your well wishes because um, that's very important. Uh, thanks for your questions from um, Chris Bassett and Semlestalkis Alexis, the Montreal assassin, coming with these comedian-type questions. Go New York football giants this week. Jet fans who don't like me, I just wanted to explain to you this week why I am I am all over you guys, why I keep going at it, okay? Um, it's just because of Rex Ryan and the talking. I feel like you can't do that and then have nothing happen and then just get a pass. That doesn't make sense to me, you know? It just doesn't make sense to me. You got you to gotta pay the piper, as they say, which I never knew what that meant. Do me a favor. Can somebody tell me, email me, or or tell me after this what paying the piper meant? I mean, maybe I'm young, dumb, naive. I don't know what the hell that means. Pay the piper. Like, is there a guy that they called Piper that got paid? I have no idea. Uh, The Knicks better win tonight. And, um... I got to drive to fucking New Hampshire tomorrow to pick up a clock. This is what my wife wants me to do. And this has nothing to do with us fighting lately. Or or being a little chippy, I should say. My wife, I'm renting a van with my older brother. I'm driving to New Hampshire to pick up a clock. And then I'm driving it back home. That's what I'm doing tomorrow. That is my Saturday. I'm going to be driving around a fucking clock. It sounds like it could be a movie where something starts off really... You know, it starts off fun and then it could go really bad. You know, they were taking a simple trip to New Hampshire to get a clock. And all of a sudden we get fucking pulled out of the car and raped in the woods. And then I'll be really pissed off at my wife, dude. That would, like, that would be really fucking bad. But, um, that's it, folks, for episode 45. Um, I'm not happy with the episode, to be honest. I'm not happy. I felt like I rambled a little bit too much. And um, I don't know. So if you listen to the whole thing, I guess you liked it and I appreciate it. But I'm going to come with better goods, with the better with better for 46. But either way, I fucking come with it. So till 46, take care.